0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to PEM Currents, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Sobolewski, and today we're going to be talking about torticollis. And I thought that this would be a good topic because A, it's pretty darn common, B, it's very treatable, and C, I've recently seen some very interesting presentations. Now, the classic story is that patients will present to the emergency department with neck pain or a stiff neck, or inability to turn their head. But depending on the age of the child, they may not be able to communicate this. So I've had patients that would not stand up without screaming, or only wanted to be held by their mother. And obviously, this creates a very scary picture for a parent, and they could be worried about intracranial hemorrhage, or meningitis, or brain tumors, or very serious problems. And where would they get those ideas? Doctor Google mostly. Um, Ultimately though, let's talk about torticollis, what it is, how to recognize it, how to manage it, and what to look out for. Torticollis is also known as wry neck or twisted neck. In most cases, the head is tilted to one side and the chin is turned in the opposite direction. Now, this is obviously explained better visually, and this is a podcast. The most common cause of acquired torticollis in children is a sternocleidomastoid muscle spasm. So imagine that muscle spasming for sake of description on the left side. So the top of the head and the ear are gonna be tilted to the left, with the chin tilted and slightly turned towards the right shoulder. So hopefully that gives you a good visual picture. Now, as I just mentioned a moment ago, there is acquired torticollis, but you're really less likely to see the most common kind of torticollis in children in the emergency department unless it's an existing diagnosis for a patient presenting with another problem. It's because congenital torticollis is often identified in the neonatal period, and it's muscular fibrosis of that sternocleidomastoid muscle. It's acquired in an intrauterine fashion. So these patients get OT and PT. Acquired torticollis is what comes to the emergency department at 7.30 a.m. on a Tuesday morning. It is important to note that acquired torticollis is a symptom and not a diagnosis. It could be due to minor trauma. It could be caused by infection like a retropharyngeal abscess or mastoiditis. It can be caused by cancers of the CNS or spine or skull tumors. It can be related to strabismus leading to a corrective head tilt. Um, adverse effects of a drug. In the past, I've seen it in patients who have received compazine for migraine, for instance. And then you've got your long list of other things like juvenile idiopathic arthritis, Down syndrome, Sandifer syndrome, the list goes on and on. But again, the most common cause of it acquired torticollis, is spasm of the sternocleidomastoid muscle. That's the muscle that runs from the manubrium and the middle third of the clavicle to the ipsilateral mastoid process. On exam, you'll feel a taut, tender, muscular bundle in contrast to the soft muscle bundle on the contralateral side. The trapezius muscle, you know that giant one in pro wrestlers, can also be involved. Most kids with isolated torticollis caused by muscle spasm are well appearing overall. Yes, they can be uncomfortable and in pain, but if they're sitting still, especially after analgesics, they should look pretty good with no systemic signs of infection, including fever or abnormal vital signs, and a normal neurologic exam. You don't want to miss atlantoaxial rotary subluxation, which is where C1 and C2 are essentially locked in a rotational position. Now, these situations are often also caused by minor trauma, but the kid physically can't move the head. In muscle spasm, they can move the head, they just don't want to. You want to make sure you get a good examination of the head, ears, eyes, nose, and throat, certainly with respect to otitis media, pharyngeal infections, toxic appearing patients with Lemire syndrome, and recent medical history, including use of antipsychotic drugs for dystonic reaction to rule out the other aforementioned causes. Parents often come to the emergency department for definitive testing to tell you what's wrong with their child. It's important to communicate that history and physical exam is in and of itself a test. And so for torticollis in the well-pearing child in which your examination and history are consistent, you don't need imaging, particular if there's no trauma, no midline cervical spine tenderness, no fevers or other concerning signs for infection. Once you've made the diagnosis, parents are obviously gonna to wanna to know how you're gonna treat this. In general, it gets better on its own maximally within the next seven to 10 days with the worst discomfort in the first 48 to 72 hours. Non-steroidal anti-inflammatories are the first line therapy for patients with acquired muscular torticollis. Ibuprofen three times a day for three straight days scheduled is what I recommend to parents. Children that have intense spasm or are not responding to NSAIDs can get a short course of oral muscle relaxants like Valium. Though not my usual practice, some patients benefit from being placed in a soft collar. Early range of motion exercises are very important. Remember, a young child, especially those under seven or eight years of age, is incredibly frightened of pain. So they're gonna do whatever it takes to not move their neck. This is where you have to ally with the parents to help their child out. So. Give a dose of ibuprofen and apply heat to the spasming muscle. Then wait about 20 to 30 minutes. Once you're sure that the medicine's in place and that the heat's been on for about 20 minutes, then encourage range of motion. Kids should be able to rotate to the left and right and look up and down. Massaging the spasming sternocleidomastoid muscle gently in a circular motion may provide relief as well. Ultimately, what most parents and patients need is reassurance. There's just something about the neck and chief complaints of it that raise anxiety levels. So you gotta talk to parents about what's going on. Remember, acquired torticollis is generally a muscle spasm of the sternocleidomastoid. You're gonna want to show them what that muscle is and what it does. That helps make sense of the diagnosis. Then, provide a lot of reassurance and education. Let them know that this is something that is self-limited, easily treatable, and resolves. Also have a plan for what to do if it doesn't get better, which generally includes follow-up imaging and referral to orthopedics and or physical therapy. So that's all I've got for Acquired Torticollis. You can follow me at PEMtweets on Twitter and check out pemblog.com for lots more pediatric emergency medicine focused educational resources. This has been Brad Soboleski for Pem Currents, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine podcast, encouraging you to stop craning your neck and turning your head in search of the best diagnosis. Often the answer is right in front of you.